Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Hanging mistletoe over a doorway during the end-of-year holiday season is a tradition from Northern Europe that's spread around the world. But have you ever stopped to think about the story behind it? Where did this come from? Why would we kiss someone just because we're standing underneath some particular shrubbery? The word mistletoe is derived from the Anglo-Saxon words mistle, meaning dung, and ten, meaning twig. It's thought that the plant is named for bird droppings on branches, which is precisely how mistletoe grows. Birds eat the berries, then sometimes poop the seeds onto the branches of trees where the plant lives. Mistletoe is a hemiparasitic plant that grows on tree branches, often of hardwoods like oak or apple. As mistletoe grows on a branch, it uses its roots to invade the bark, which allows mistletoe to absorb water and nutrients from the tree. It's called hemiparasitic because it doesn't get all of its nutrients this way. It can also photosynthesize energy from the sun with its green leaves. Sometimes mistletoe might harm a tree or cause deformities in its branches, but it usually doesn't kill its host. Because, after all, if the host tree dies, the mistletoe dies. Also, it's not uncommon for one mistletoe plant to grow right on top of another one. If that happens, researchers from the University of California, Riverside, found that the plants may share the tree by relying more on photosynthesis for food to lessen the harm caused to their host. 
Aside from pooping, birds also help spread mistletoe seeds by eating the fruit of the berries, which are sticky with juice, then wiping their beaks on a tree's bark to clean off those sticky seeds. The stickiness helps the seeds stay in the tree rather than falling to the ground. Within six weeks, the mistletoe plant begins growing, although it takes several years to flower and produce berries of its own. There may have been a bit of confusion, historically, about the plant springing from birds themselves rather than from seeds that the birds had spread. There are a number of plants around the world that fit into this category and are commonly called mistletoe. But a few species from two genera are associated with Christmas and related holidays, uh, Foridendron and Viscum. They both have smooth, small evergreen leaves and bear small, round berries that are either waxy white or bright red in color. And during winters in areas of the Northern Hemisphere with deciduous forests where trees lose their leaves until spring, mistletoe is easy to spot because its leaves stay green all year long. But aside from this basic fact, how did this plant sink its roots into Christmas? The holiday has assimilated a wide range of customs and traditions from many cultures, and mistletoe is one of them. Lots of myths surround mistletoe. For example, Norse myths dating back to the 8th century said that mistletoe had the power to raise people from the dead, relating to the resurrection of Boulder, the god of the summer sun. To sum up this legend, Boulder's mother, the goddess Frigga, didn't want him to die, so she went to all the elements and plants and animals to ask that they never harm him. But she forgot to ask the simple mistletoe. Or perhaps having no trunk of its own, it couldn't be asked. At any rate, the trickster Loki clocked this loophole, and Boulder ended up dead. The tears that Frigga cried landed on the mistletoe and became its berries, and Boulder was brought back. She declared it a grand plant and kissed everyone who walked underneath it out of gratitude for getting her son back. Another myth in mistletoe's past comes from what's now the British Isles. In the first century, Celtic peoples associated mistletoe with miracles from increased fertility to curing diseases to protection from witchcraft. In the ceremony after the new moon following the winter solstice, druids would cut mistletoe from oak trees using a white cloth to catch it to avoid letting it touch the ground, which is still considered unlucky by some. Sprigs were distributed for wearing or hanging in doorways to bring people good fortune. The origin of the tradition of kissing under mistletoe is vague. It may have to do with that story of Frigga and Boulder, but also, ancient Greeks considered mistletoe an aphrodisiac. Associations of the plant with fertility persisted around Europe through the Middle Ages, at least, uh, perhaps because of the color and consistency of the juice of those white berries. Mistletoe may have also been associated with the Roman winter festival Saturnalia. So, yeah, just lots of ties to winter celebrations and love, or lust, historically. Before our modern mistletoe practices, in England, young women may have been encouraged to place a sprig of the plant under their pillow at night, like a kid would place a tooth for the tooth fairy. But instead of getting money, the mistletoe would supposedly bring a dream about the woman's future beloved. And burning a mistletoe plant, not under one's pillow, was also thought to foretell a woman's marital bliss or lack thereof. 
a mistletoe that burned steadily prophesied a healthy marriage, while fickle flames may have meant an ill-suited partnership. A modern mistletoe etiquette does vary and can seem a little pushy to me, like do whatever you want no matter what shrubbery is over your head. Uh, But supposedly, anyone who kisses under mistletoe will have good luck and should remove one berry when they plant that kiss. When all the berries are gone from that sprig, the plant's store of luck is up. A mistletoe has also symbolized peace. Ancient Norse tales say that enemies who encountered each other under trees bearing mistletoe would lay down their arms, embrace each other, and agree to a truce until the next day. This bit of goodwill might have also helped prompt modern practices. Meanwhile, in the tradition of using mistletoe medicinally, extracts from the plant are commonly used as complementary or alternative medicines in Europe for conditions like cancer, but the FDA has not yet approved them for use in the U.S. If you do have real mistletoe hanging in your home this season, note that European varieties are fairly toxic to humans and some pets. American varieties are less so. Uh, But since you may not be sure which kind you're standing under, it's best practice to call poison control or a veterinarian if anyone does eat any mistletoe. And keep it in places where pets and children won't be able to get to it, just in case. Today's episode is based on the article How Mistletoe Works on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Barbara Szynski and Sam Abramson. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.